Hi, everybody, and welcome to Tellich Talks. Rob Powers is the nighttime news co-anchor at Channel 5 here in Cleveland, WEWS. The Holy Name High School graduate, well, his career began in Binghamton, New York, where the money at that time was so lean, he told me he was close to taking a job selling women's shoes just to get by. But through it all, he has also anchored sports in other markets, in Toledo, Ohio, in Indianapolis, and that seven-year stint anchoring sports, also doing news as well, in Gotham City, New York City, while also handling Good Morning America weekend duties. But what you might not know, that Mr. Powers has been a top-flight obstacle racer. Think Spartan races. He has raced in the World Championships on a couple of occasions. Our chat's coming up, but first, since 2015, the Cooper Foundation has been helping children and young adults with special needs in Northeast Ohio. They are providing assistance for items that these individuals need. Sometimes you just need a helping hand. And for more information, go to thecooppoundation.com. Now, on to the interview with Mr. Rob Powers. Rob, I am really curious how a kid from Cleveland, Ohio, went from Cleveland to Toledo to New York City and back to Cleveland. Uh, came back after college, uh, worked at Softball World, tried to find a job, went to Binghamton, New York, then Indianapolis, Toledo, uh, everything just happens. There's an opening and you figure out, I always tell younger people, you got to ask yourself three questions. What's best for me? What's best for my career? What's best for my family? You ask those questions honestly in a dark room by yourself some night and the answer's easy. So each way that I've gone has been easy and, and then to New York and then back to Cleveland. Back to Cleveland was, uh, my kids were getting older, my parents were getting older. Uh, my wife's mother, uh, we moved her from Indianapolis to here. It, again, if you can answer those questions honestly, mm-hmm. it seems to me that answers are easy. And you came to the revelation after being in New York for like seven years. I mean, it's a big switch because you're going from sports to news. Yeah. And see, more and more people are kind of making that move now. I started doing news in Toledo. I was still the main sports anchor, but then they... They needed a 5.30 to 6 anchor, so they asked me to do it. So I did 5.30 to 6 the last five years I was in Toledo. So I had a little bit of news, and then they gave me uh, gave me hits in the A block at, at 11. So I would stop what I was doing, editing okay. sports, and I would run out. I would do like three or four VOs at the top of the 11 and then run back and do sports at 11.20. So when I went to New York, that was always in the back of their heads as well, that I, that I was versed in both. Okay. But I was hired as the weekend sports anchor, uh, Scott Clark, legend, retired, and, and I bumped up to the uh, Monday through Friday. But I also filled in on the news desk in New York. Um, if Bill Ritter, again, legend, was off, sometimes I sat in on the 6 and the 11. I filled in on the morning show, I fin- on the weekend shift. Whatever they needed, I, sure. I did. Uh, network saw that we're literally in the same building or next door sure uh they saw that and pretty soon they asked hey you want to do this hey that that worked can you do this hey that worked can you do this and then you know i'm filling in for ron claiborne on 
<laughs> Saturdays and Sundays, Good Morning America. And it was just, it was a dream. And then uh, I think somebody in Cleveland saw that kind of stuff and, and asked if I had any, had, any, had any interest in coming home. So how has it been being home? It's fantastic. Best part is seeing brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews, brothers and sisters-in-law, and my mom and dad. It, just about any, picking up the phone is great. But knowing you can jump in the Jeep and drive over is even better. And it, you know, my kids will just jump in the car and they'll go over to say hello. Uh, and you see them, it's great to go somewhere where you don't know they're gonna be. If you go to a game and you look a couple rows around and there's, you know, there's one of my brothers or something, it's just really neat. I've never done what I do in front of anybody I've known okay. until okay. I came back. And, and I've been doing this for 33 years. And until I came back here, I just, God love them. They're, yeah. they're viewers, and I love every one of them. But it wasn't anybody that grew up with me or knew me from way back when. And that's been the other thing. All my friends are here. So all those uh, football stories that I used to lie about, I can't get away with anymore. <laughs> they worked in New York or they Binghamton. Worked, they or worked. Boy, I was the best <laughs> until I could hey, I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. okay. Well, that's funny. Well, so, Rob, it started really at Holy Name. Right, and there's there's some pretty distinguished alums from Holy Name. Frank Solich is yep. probably at the top of that list. Yep. So uh, my grandparents graduated from Holy Name in 1923 uh, at the old building, Harvard and Broadway. After them, my both my parents went there. My mom was the prom queen. My dad was the star <laughs> athlete. Uh, every one of my brothers and sisters. Uh, I'm the youngest of seven. Um, Dad's one of the Greatest athletes Holy Name's ever seen. And best people, too. Oh, he's just the best. Uh, but, yeah, Holy Name was it was a great start, and you know, my grades were never... You know, one of my brothers went to Harvard Law School, and then I come along a couple of years later. How many siblings? I'm the youngest of seven. Oh. Oh. <laughs> so Brian went to Harvard Law and graduated a couple of years before me, and then here comes me. He sets the bar, and you're going... <laughs> Are you going, kidding me? <laughs> I can crawl under this bar, but I'm not sure if I can get over it. You know, but I was never, I was never that guy, and everybody knows that. I was never, but I always had uh, street smarts and a belief in me mm -hmm. that you don't, you don't see it. I always knew there was something that I could do that would, it, it, it'll get you, and and it and it came. I didn't know what it was going to be, right. but I knew there was something, and. Let's go back to Binghamton. That was that your first. first yeah. Job? So I graduated. I was accepted at Eastern Michigan University, okay. and I, I don't have a long list of schools that accepted me. So I went to Eastern. I loved it. Uh, it was perfect for me. Uh, came back and could not find a TV job. Wrote some guy at Channel 8, named John Telich, who was <laughs> super super nice to me. I still have heard of him. I'm telling you, I still have the letters. I showed you the one. Yeah, you did. I have two letters from you that were very encouraging and telling me just to keep at it. You've noted my improvement from one tape to the next. And and I'll tell you for for a college kid to see something like that from John Telich was it was just something that again, I've held on to that letter since 1987. Uh I finally got a gig in Binghamton, New York, as a weekend sports guy, 30 hours a week, 6.50 an hour. So I, Do yes, the math. <laughs> I went. And I had a job interview to sell women's shoes in Binghamton. The same day, my news director called and said, we're going to make you a full-time. 
yes, I don't have to sell women's <laughs> shoes. So I was full-time. Pretty soon the uh, sports, the main sports anchor got another job. So I got bumped up and, and it mm-hmm. took off from there. So uh, that was 1990 in Binghamton to summer of 96. From there to Indianapolis to do weekends, then to Toledo, to mm-hmm. New York City, Cleveland. Wow, it's been quite a bump. And the and the weird the weird thing that we were chatting before we started rolling here is that the reason one of the reasons why you got to New York was the affiliation that the Toledo station had with the network. 13 ABC was an owned and operated station by ABC. Uh, not anymore. Um, but back back then they were trying to figure out what to do with me. They wanted to keep me and put me somewhere. So they they tried to find the best fit. Is it going to be Philadelphia? Is it going to be New York? It ended up being New York as the, the weekend. And again, they knew I had dabbled in, in news as well. So they gotcha. thought down the road, maybe that's something. Uh, but that's how it happened. It just, it, it, it was the right time. Uh, I love Toledo. There's, it, it, I just, everything about it, the people, I love the area, all our neighbors. I mean, it's just, I loved our house. It's where my kids were born. Our kids were born. Um, we got married, you know, it's just, I love Toledo, but it was, it was, uh, it was time to find the next challenge and, and boy, (laughs) it was a challenge. It was, it was something. Well, let's give some young sportscasters or newscasters advice. Um, it's not just doing the news and, or the sports news. If you can do play by play, that's a big deal. And you did that as well. I did that as well. I, uh, again, I will never be confused with one of the greats. But I had so much fun. The thing that that drew me in, I had I've been to so many games where you sit around and your job doesn't start until their job is done. Yep. They get done playing the game, you've logged the game, all that kind of stuff. You know your what photographer happened. has has shot everything, but you haven't really. But as soon as that the, the clock hits triple zero, that's when your work starts. I thought it would be neat to reverse that, and my work starts. You know with preparation days before and then it's it's that whatever game it is football baseball or or, or basketball and then when it hits triple zeros i'm done and i can enjoy you know whatever watching the other people work i would always go to the news conference still just to just to watch but i love doing play-by-play like i said was not the best at it but what an experience to to sit and and get my charts the way my dad used to do his charts uh, and 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 interview coaches the way that I saw my dad interview coaches and All that just prep. try to just try to get the right uh, their phrasings not mine try to get what they called plays what I, not what I would call a play uh, and I, I I loved being in the booth I loved all right the next three hours are mine the right. next whatever happens you can change the channel if you want sure but the next three hours are mine it's not three minutes it's not a sportscast right. I've got you for three hours so whatever happens from the start to the end. This is mine, and I, I I loved everything about it. And uh, who were some of the role models, like Nev or someone such as that? You know, Nev was... Talking about Nev, Nev Chandler, Nev legend. Ch- I interned for Nev in 1987. He was my guy. Got a thousand stories of, of <laughs> be, just being in the office with Nev. And I have to mention Mike Hostetler as well. He was weekends at, at that point, and he was such a big influence on my career. It's just, um, But listening to Nev do Browns. I thought he had the perfect job. He was a Cleveland sports anchor and he was the voice of my Browns. I just thought that was my goodness. If I could have a a, a map to that, my life would have been fine. It didn't work out that way and that's fine, but more than fine. 
because this is this is the honest truth. I think the Browns deserved better than what I could do. I know I, I can't I I couldn't do that. I might get close, but I couldn't do that. And I think the Browns deserve better than that. But well, yeah, Nev was my guy. I remember writing uh, in college a paper, uh, hmm. an analysis of NFL broadcasters. Really. And Ian Eagle was was back then my number one. So and he's still going strong. He's he is not. It's since the 80s that guy's been. He's, he's been great. But that's yeah. So I, I watched everybody, and I watch everything. I watched everything. I listened to everything. Um, so yeah, that's. But Nev was the guy. What made him great, you think? Uh, I liked how whatever you were thinking, uh, Cleveland Stadium looked like in your head was a hundred times greater when Nev Chandler told you what it looked like. Ah, cool. The the the, the smell Palace. the smell of the stadium, the the snow on the grass, the the signs in the stands. It was never more heightened. It was never more magnified than when Nev told you what it was. You didn't even have to be there, and you knew exactly what it looked like. That's what I liked. And I always thought that was, even on, even if you're doing the job on TV, to a certain extent, you kind of got to do that because something's lost in the translation of TV. You don't know what uh, camera shot the director is going to choose for that moment, but you can tell somebody what, you know, the stars and stripes are blowing out toward the yeah. Maumee River here at beautiful fifth third field you know and the, yeah. that gets a picture in your mind okay wind's going yeah, out yeah. So, you know it's just i just descriptive things like that i just yeah and i think the great ones are the ones that can be critical too and you would think that they're you know a hometown announcer and a quote-unquote homer but i couldn't remember quite a few times nev uh, took yeah. the browns to task he he would and that's one of my faults because i just never could i just i just don't I, I don't have it in me i never thought and i still feel this way that's not my job, and I've and I've had debates with other sportscasters about this. I never thought that was my job. My job was to tell you what's going on, and and I'm not I'm not specifically talking play by play, even six and eleven o'clock on a local newscast. Yeah, you're going to make up your own mind regardless of what. I don't think my opinion is that valid on on too much. No more or uh, more exactly less. than anybody else's. I'm an expert on how to raise my kids yeah. and i used to be an expert on how to do a, a local sports cast that's pretty much it mm -hmm. other than that your your opinion is just as valid as mine so i'm not going to tell you what i think when they had me start doing picks oh um, yeah i i was against that because i was like who cares what i think is who's going to win but uh, i lost that battle but so i was never that opinionated on on a lot of stuff i just wanted to tell you what was going on and it, it at the end of the sportscast, hopefully leave you with something to think about, mm -hmm. whether it be fun or, in my mind, something a little thoughtful. Uh, but that's how I saw my job. Okay. And you mentioned, Nev, as far as play-by-play. -play, um, like, when I was growing up, the role model to me would have been like a Jim McKay. Uh -huh. He was the picture sure. painter. He was the one that kind of, you know, set the tone. He could tell you the great news. He could tell you, as he did in Munich, they're all gone in that one moment. I still get, you know, little goosebumps just saying that. Uh, those are the great ones. And and that's and that's the thing. When when you're there, whatever is happening is what you're describing, right? It could be a third down off tackle. It could be a home run. It could be 
a world record in the pole vault. It could be Munich, Germany with Jim McKay behind the microphone. It doesn't matter. And I think that's where sports people, men and women who are trained to do sports, I think the canvas is so much bigger because we have experiences that are are just are, are greater than a news reporter coming up who has done news constantly since right. they were in college or in high school even now. Right, right. Yeah, that's a good distinction. And uh, we do draw on a lot of different experiences so many that, things, we, yeah. that we've had. And, and I've always found uh, sports people to be really cool, off the cuff, and uh, more so in, in many instances than some of the news ones. You know, uh, we've been used to doing live shots in front of 80,000 people screaming yeah. whatever they want to scream. Right. You know, if you can get through that, you can get through, you know, I, you know, do you get nervous? I don't get, I don't get nervous. Just do it. Just, you know, I, 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 people, oh, you do get, you don't get nervous. This is how I've always equated it. If you step in a batter's box, are you nervous? You're not nervous, but you got something going in your belly that says, I'm, I'm here. Right. And right. I'm in the moment and I'm, this is, this is what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. That's how I've always thought of a, a newscast, a live shot, an interview. I'm not nervous, but there's something in my belly saying, this is not my normal day. Right. This is not cornflakes and right. milk. This is this is something special. So, And, and I think, uh, for better or worse, viewers and listeners can determine that all by themselves. For better or worse, that's what you're going to get with me. You're going to get somebody who, these moments are not lost on me. I still, you know, it was, it's cool to be at a Super Bowl. There's no denying it. That's not going to be uh, uh, run-of-the-mill, you know, just an everyday kind of thing sure, for me. Sure. Yeah, the Super Bowl, man. It's, it's, it's going to be exciting for me, and I hope that comes across. And, I, and now doing news, getting big interviews and doing big stories, same thing. It's just, it's just in a different way. What was the experience like in New York? Big market with, with all the eyes on it, so many viewers, that type of thing you know, I for think, you, Rob. I think they had the potential for 8 million viewers, okay? And it's also, it was, it was the ABC flagship station. So it was a, the default station for a lot of cruise lines. And oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. countries, like people would go on vacation and, hey, I saw you on TV last night. It was, it's halfway around the world. What are you talking about? Because it would just be the default for, for ABC to put on whatever, you know, somebody's on a cruise and there you are. Somebody's on an airplane, there you are. Gotcha. Um, okay, all of that said, I tell kids all the time, the job is the job. The job is the job. The job does not get bigger or smaller. The job is that you get inside the four walls of that station, the job's the job. Did I work harder covering Tom Amstutz and the Toledo Rockets? Or, or did I work harder covering Tom Coughlin and the New York Giants? Same same deal. Right. It's the same thing. Both were important at that time. That said, I always, I drove over the George Washington Bridge every day and I would always glance to my right on my way into town saying, holy cow. And then on the way home, you glance to your left because it's, midnight and pretty much got the bridge to yourself yeah so you could go a little slower and you can see the the lights of of lower manhattan it got me every time every time but the work itself you know it's it's the job you didn't is it were there times where you know there's I'm, i was always a huge mark messier fan okay you literally open a door and on the other side of the door he's walking through the other way that kind of stuff always 
yeah. still gets me. Um, but, you know, the, the job itself is the job. Yeah, it really comes down to that. And the amount of people that are watching should be not a factor in how you prepare for that job or how you do that broadcast. I can recall late at night, you know, we were delayed because of a, a baseball game and one of the anchors was, you know, it was 1.30 in the morning. Mm-hmm. And they were like, why are we even doing this? Hardly. I said, there's not going to be many people, people out there watching, but we've got to give them our best. And if this were 6 p.m. and there was 10 times as many people watching, same same deal you just you have to there's always going to be somebody who's um running by channel eight at 1 30 in the morning saying oh i've never seen this tell guy let's let's watch right. there's always one person there's always at least one person that's never seen you before do they not deserve your best that sure. you would give to a bigger eyes so i've never i've never gotten caught up in uh the the new york thing it was it, i filled in on on good morning america weekends um, which was a blast, but still, still it's, you know, don't, don't get caught up in, into what you think is a big deal because you still got a job to do. You're still reading mm-hmm. you know, that story and that story needs everything you got. So nobody cares. Yep. Again, we go back to this. Nobody cares that you th- think this is a big deal to them. They're just watching right. TV on a Saturday morning. Explain to our listeners the best way or just the, the whole process of establishing relationships, but not friendships, if you will, with, uh, with, with athletes and or newsmakers. Yeah, it's you've got to kind of separate. And I'm telling you, when I was younger, that was tough to do it because was. I was in my 20s in Binghamton, New York, working until midnight. Who else in a small town is your age getting off work at midnight? <laughs> athletes. Yeah. They have a game. They take a shower. They want to uh, go out and have a few and, pops. And so when I was younger, that's we would. We I would meet the fellas, yeah. and that's who that was my social circle. But outside of of that where you you both both groups were just kind of feeling their way through the dark on how to how to do this. Them a pro sports career and me in, in TV. Um, you keep your arms th- you can be friendly. And I friendly with a lot oh what was this person really like i have no idea yeah. i really don't yeah. it's nice to me yeah. she was nice to very me very cordial professional but uh i would like to think nancy lopez is one of my favorite all-time people that i've ever met or covered and i would like to think nancy lopez is that perfect all the time i don't know i i really don't i know she was great to me and my kids and sure. uh but yeah you, you don't there's always a a, a it is fun when you run into people that you have not seen in 20 years and they, and you can just fall back and it, that is fun. When you think, you know, I remember them, but how the heck do they remember me? Right. Um, that, that's always fun. That's always neat. I saw John Harbaugh in the middle of nowhere. I was yeah. at a baseball tournament with my kids. He was at a uh, field hockey tournament with his girls and we happened to be staying in the same hotel in the middle of nowhere in the middle of pennsylvania and he walked through the lobby and did a double take and (laughs) came walking over and for the next 20 minutes we gabbed and i was it wasn't it wasn't that i was uncomfortable but i just i thought he's he's got better stuff to do than sit here in a lobby and talk to me so i said hey why don't you get out of here we we want to take up any more of your time and he says this is not before i get a picture with the boys so 
I took a picture. I got a great picture of John Harbaugh with my two kids. He sat for 20 minutes and gabbed with us. It's all because I, when I was doing weekends in Indy, I covered Indiana football. He was on the staff there, and yep. and and I I could throw a football, and and I would <laughs> Antoine Randall Lyle and I would play catch on the sure. sideline, and and Harbaugh, no, oh, you're winning out. But he remembered all that. It's just yeah. so I'm amazed at some at some things people remember. But you're right. You can't be, I you know there are people that I am friends with that I covered but not because of it. Got it. Now let's go to this thing that I'm sure a lot of your viewers aren't really that aware of. Your OCR. Oh, golly. That would stand for obstacle course racing. Now we're getting into it. Now we're getting into it. How did that start? How involved are you in it? How many races have you done? So when I was in New York and, and leading up to New York in Toledo, I had ankle surgery and four shoulder surgeries two on each side uh and my weight got away from me just because you couldn't do anything i couldn't do a thing i couldn't lift i couldn't run i couldn't so in in the span of a few years i i went through and and my weight i I was up to 210 okay i i i wasn't you know huge i wasn't but 210 was big and when i was on GMA, it was noticeable that everybody else on set was about five foot four, 120 pounds, and <laughs> there here's, here's me, six one, two ten. I look like I'm gonna eat them. So I looked at that and I said, you know what? So I I decided there to to lose some weight. So I dropped 30 pounds, and all right, so now I'm 180. Like okay, that was it was tough, and it, yeah. but I did it. How do I keep it this way? Because I could go the other way really quick. Said, well, you know, I could run. 5Ks or something. Yeah, that, that's great. That's nice. I just need something a little more. I don't. Not not even tougher because 5Ks are, are tough. Just something with a little more physicality. So I started running Spartan races, and yeah. I tried to space them out every six to eight weeks. It gave me a goal. Gotcha. Every six to eight weeks, I could have something to shoot for. Because sure. for me anyway, I needed to be a little lighter to do some of the stuff that it requires. Sure. So I started running these in the open division just to do them. And as I'm doing them, I thought, you know, there's people walking, there's people laughing, there's people, <laughs> I, I, it's great for them, but I, I'm, they call it a race. You know, it's not, a, it's not yeah. a walk, it's not even a run, it's a race. So I'm trying to do something. So I stepped it up to run competitively. Okay. Uh, after I was doing okay in opens, and then I went to competitive. How old were you then? You know, this wasn't that long ago. Okay, maybe six, seven years ago? No, or? older, longer than that, but not 15, but okay. over 10. Okay. So I started running competitively and still was okay. I'm not the best, but I figured out I wasn't the worst. Yeah. So it was neat to be in a, in a situation where, oh, okay, you're, you're just like me. You just, you want to win. I, okay. We are going to race, aren't we? So when you get on that trail and there, you don't see anybody for a half mile but one person, now it is a race. Oh, yeah. I don't care who you It's a race. I'm going to try to get you and you're going to try to get me. And my running has always been uh, – my, my fitness is okay, but my running, I'm not a great runner. But what I, I could do are some of the obstacles. So I would make up time on the obstacles. Gotcha. So I figured you know, I'm doing okay. And then, okay, turned into 
Uh, no, you're really bitten by it. You know, the, the World Championships. You qualified for the World Championships. I did what? I, I did what? I get, get an email. I did what? So I ran in the World Championships in Canada in 2019. Uh, and then the following year, they were in outside London. And I qualified. And, you know, oh, that's nice. Congratulations to everybody going to London. Well, for Christmas that year, you know, my wife and my kids said, this is your Christmas present. You're going, you can go. You're going to go race. So I, I raced in London with the world's best. And that's the thing. You're not going to play, you're not going to play two-hand touch after the Super Bowl on the field. Right. Right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> with, with the other, with the teams on the field watching you. But in OCR, you are on the course with the, with the best, the best yeah. in the world. And you can, you can ask them questions and stuff. I mean, we both were fans of Amelia Boone. It's just, yeah, if we I, know her. Yeah. Holy cow. It's Amelia Boone. You know, it's just, there's Ryan Atkins. It's just, you see, there's Hunter McIntyre. It's just, you see these people and you just, that's, I'm okay. They're on a different level. That's like right. superhuman, the things that they do. But I just have fun with it. So uh, last year was a rough year health-wise for me. So I, I had surgery and then uh, some stuff after that. So I couldn't do much. And again, my weight started going. And There's a coral alley here. Uh, so I'm in the process right now of getting it down and have now scheduled my first race for next month in Phoenix. So awesome. go, uh, we'll try it again. I want to go till... At least I'm 60, just to just to say I did it. Mm-hmm. And but I I have fun with it. I enjoy the process as much as anything else. Okay. I enjoy the time alone in my head running. I enjoy trying to hang with the younger guys in the weight room. I, yeah. All of that stuff. And it's 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 a sport that I was like, you know, I still have in the back of my head that I could play one game of football. Still. Yeah. Although my kids make fun of me because if, if I played quarterback and they had the wristband, you know, if I my plays were on the yeah. wristband, I'd have to I'd have to use my reading glasses underneath my helmet just to read them. So that that dream is quickly that, going gone. away. Unless you memorize the whole, <laughs> unless I know the whole playbook, right? But yeah. this one I can do. So as long as I'm not getting, and I could tell when I was hurt last year, my my times and my places were going down, down, down. I got as I, I think I went anywhere from fourth to 35th and uh, it's like okay it's that my season's done so I but we're gonna rev it back up and see how we do in Phoenix and then we'll see what happens very cool so on a given year how many would you do like a typical uh, now I'm lucky since I left New York and came back home I'm lucky if I do f- four to six okay yeah four to six I don't know I typically I'll run Spartan uh and and they've cut back a little bit on where they do them and and but didn't they merge with tough mutter kind of they, or they did or they something? bought them yeah. so so there's i've never done a tough mutter but you know i've done some other uh companies races sure. and then uh, the world championships is something completely different they had the north american championships and the world championships that's all those are their races yeah um so i've done a, i've done a couple of others but it's typically spartan and it's just trying to figure out where they are. Uh, like the weekend I'm going to Phoenix, I think there's one in Jacksonville. Gotcha. I've done Jacksonville. The the best the best OCR runner. If he's not number one, he's number two. In the world, lives in Jacksonville. 
And the last time I raced Jacksonville, I pulled the car into the parking lot. And I get there early because our, our heats are before everybody else's. I get there early. There's hardly anybody there. But I parked the car, and the first face I see was this guy. And he goes running past my car waving. I'm like, I'm already fighting for second now. <laughs> Demoralizing it's the just, minute you get out of your I car. I haven't even turned the car off. It's oh, just, my oh there he is. Well, you would, let's, uh, we've got a few more minutes here. I know you've got to get to work and what have you. You, uh, you could consider um, a lot of different stories to do. Most recently, you're doing something on a guy who's changed careers. Longtime politician, now movie actor. That was fun. Uh, what was that like uh, doing the story on Peter Lawson Jones? He was great. Um, you can't. I, I I couldn't sit with him. Danita told me I would love him. Danita Harris has interviewed him before and, she, and knows him. And she said, "You guys are going to get along." And we couldn't sit for more than 30 seconds. And I I was drawn in. I was there. I was I was with him. I was. He could be. I told him he could be a coach. He you'd run a wall through a wall for the guy. He. There's no, there there are certain things you can pick out of just about every successful person you've ever run into, and this guy had them all, and he, and I I said you know Harvard Law School lawyer, uh, politician, actor, mm-hmm. and he said not that different. He said all of it, all of the above, are about convincing your audience. Okay. You've got to convince a lawyer. You've got to convince people you're right. As a politician, you have to convince people you're right. As an actor, you have to convince people that the role that I'm doing, I'm the only one that can do this, and I am this person. Mm-hmm. I was like, you're right. I mean, so, but he was great, and that's one of the the great things about jumping out of sports was uh, this whole this whole other world just kind of opened up where you, for me that just it's been neat. So people my age that have been doing news since they were 22. I've been doing news, you know, full-time now for just a few years. Right. So it was, it was, it, I have a fresh perspective, I guess, than, than most people my age that are in the position that, that I'm in. Let's catch people up on this. This is uh, the movie that Tom Hanks is yeah. starring in now. And Peter has a hefty role in this. He's got a, you know, that's what he said. He's worked with a couple Academy Award winners, a couple Emmy winners. He said, who am I to be in a scene with Tom <laughs> Hanks? But he did say the director uh, told him that the scene made him cry. Rita Wilson, Tom's wife. Tom, I'm throwing out Tom like I know him. <laughs> Mr. Hanks. That Hanks guy. <laughs> that made her cry when she saw the scene. So as I said, there couldn't be a man called Otto without a man called Peter. Just, wow. It was really, it was really cool. Let's really end neat. on that note. That's a perfect note. Hey, my dad says hello, by the way. Please tell your father. Oh. Uh, we do go back, your father and I go back to um, many, many years ago. We There used to be a game of the week, a high school football game of the week on public TV. Yeah. Sponsored by the Browns and a couple of utility companies. And your dad was a fixture and he was one of the greatest people to work with. He's just great. Fond he was memories of him. Great athlete, teacher, coach. Uh, TV, there's just and and but most of all, just the best guy, and dad and grandfather you could ever want. He's just, he's the guy. Wow, seven kids. How many grandkids? You're asking the wrong person. I think we're up to 20. Wow. I think we're up to 20 with a couple on the way. Yeah. Well, well all the best to you and your dad, your family, and uh, even the competition over there at Channel hey, Five. You know what? <laughs> uh, I caught, like I said. My dad told me when I was looking for a job, or not even for a job, for advice, to call JT at Channel 8, and I did. 
and like I said, it was 1987. So whatever credit or blame you would like for this career of mine, (laughs) you can grab it. (laughs) No, you're just, you've been, you've been the gold standard since I was a kid. So thanks for the, uh, something to shoot for. That's what it's been. God bless. Thanks. Thanks once again to Rob for the great chat. And I also look forward to more of these types of episodes on Tellage Talks. And as per usual, please rate, subscribe, and review and push out each episode for us if possible. We certainly could use the help. And thank you very much in advance for that. Until I hear from you once again, we look forward to the next time that we bring you another edition of Tellage Talks. We'll see you then.